If you're growing a business or just thinking about launching a startup, this is definitely the podcast for you. This is Fast Forward, brought to you by Tech Manchester. We support early stage tech focused businesses. Each week, we'll dive into the issues that we know keep entrepreneurs awake at night. We'll chat to experts who'll share their tips and advice on how to handle everything from raising finance, making your first hire, to getting your company noticed on social media or in the press. Running a business is a roller coaster. It's exhilarating, but it's pretty damn scary at times too. We're here to help you get your business off the ground and hopefully get a better night's sleep. It's hosted by me, Patricia Keating, Executive Director at Tech Manchester. Standing in a tin shed, waiting for the van to come. Old friend, have you seen where my golden tickets be? Welcome back to Fast Forward. We've slipped into summertime here on campus, uh, though you wouldn't know that by the weather. And things really should be slowing down. But for us at Tech Manchester, this is our planning time for the rest of the year. It's time to reflect on the last 12 months, what's went well um, and where to improve. And so we're looking ahead at um, our curriculum for the workshops and also our plans for the podcast and um, what we're going to do to develop the mentoring programmes. And that's actually what really today's podcast is all about. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that it's vital to have a decent marketing plan. It's something that we've covered, whether we were talking about brand building, understanding SEO, social media, or how to get to grips with digital marketing in some of our previous episodes. And you can catch up on those episodes on Fast Forward on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Today, though, we're going to look at how to create that marketing strategy and the structure that will give you the viable growth strategies you need to skyrocket your business. We'll learn why marketing plans fail and how to ensure that yours doesn't. So today we have Mike Pye. He runs Mike Pye & Co, who, according to his website, makes marketing brilliantly accessible, Mike. Is that right? Hopefully, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for joining us. I'm really looking forward to hearing um, what your advice is on this very important topic. Um, you've been in the marketing industry for over a decade now, um, so yeah. you've, you've learned quite a lot along the way. Could you um, share with us a little bit about your background and how you have culminated the, the expertise that you have sure. and that you're going to share with us today? Yeah, so I've actually, I've actually been in marketing for nearly 14 years. It's actually... It's all I've ever done, really, from a from a proper job point of view. Um, I studied history at university, so not the not the kind of background that you'd expect <laughs> to go straight into into marketing. But um, I was really lucky. In we that. all have one of those. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Degrees. Kind of stumbled into it, but kind of um, it was kind of probably what I always thought that I'd end up doing. So. How did you stumble into it? So I was really lucky in that um, I, I knew that I always wanted to work in business. and But at that time when I was at uni, I didn't, like most people, I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. Um, so I ended up taking a degree that was allowed me to go in lots of different directions. It's quite academic. It's quite sort of research-based and argument-based. So it's, it allows you to go in, in various different directions. Um, but I've got family members who've all sort of been in business and it's something I've always been really interested in. Um, but yeah, I graduated and then one of my friends... Um, 
ended up working in marketing and luckily I wanted to move back up north because I'd, I'd moved back home to Norwich and um, a job came up at an agency in Harrogate, um, small sort of full service agency. And luckily it was the time when, um, before the crash, when there were opportunities that you could that you, you could take without any experience. I think it's mm-hmm. very, very different now um, for graduates coming out where businesses want a lot more experience and a, a related degree and, yeah. and all that where sort of thing. Where have you interned and what have you done on your extracurriculars yeah, exactly. and all that kind of stuff. Exactly, yeah. and I was really lucky to be able to go straight into a job in a little um, a little full-service agency where um, I managed to get exposure on on all sorts of different different areas of marketing and a really good good grounding. Um so I was there for a couple of years and then um, then moved over to Manchester and so I've been here for 10 years now and um, just the career's kind of sort of developed from there. So I went and worked in an e-commerce business, which was a fantastic grounding in digital because I was looking after everything from um, social media to pay-per-click and content marketing and um, email and all sorts of thing and very, very commercially driven. Um, and then went on to, in a few different roles to work on other areas. So I then took a role where I was working specifically on sort of retention and reactivation marketing of customers. Um, and then went on to head up um, marketing at a small um, training consultancy that focused on CPD. And then into professional services where I was looking after sort of um, marketing of events and conferences. So I've always mm-hmm. tried to sort of at every different role, try and look at a different area of marketing. Um, and that's kind of given me that really that holistic view which has helped me in what I do now really so um, I'm now four years into running my business it um, started as a a sort of a freelance outsourced head of marketing Mm -hmm. um, for businesses and and it's it's evolved over the last four years um, to be much more sort of expansive consultancy business Um, so we now as a team of of other specialist marketers that um, I work with and we go in to help businesses develop that strategy with the expertise of, um, of specialists in all their various different sectors. So that's everything from designers and developers to digital strategists, content marketers, and we help businesses develop that overarching strategy with a real commercial focus and then implement it with the right skills um, to help them really do it properly. And I'd say you've probably seen quite a few do it um, quite badly. Um, where is it, you know, when it comes to marketing strategy and creating that marketing strategy, like you've gone into all these businesses and you've seen what they've attempted to do. What is it that businesses are getting wrong when they're trying to do it the first time themselves? I think from from the start off, I think often they don't have a strategy at all. Um, they think they do, um, <laughs> but but it's more of a very reactive ad hoc approach um, and it's not rooted in the, the actual commercial direction of where they want the business to go. Um, so I think that's that's the real sort of um, area that a lot of businesses really need to, to focus on is actually working out where the business, the trajectory of the business is going and where they want it to go. Um, really understanding the customers that they want to work with, how to address those pains and challenges that they're facing, understand how to market to them and what messages are going to be um, impactful and, and where to market to them, and then developing a strategy around that um, with, with proper KPIs around it. So when they're when you're saying that they're being reactionary, what kind of things is it? Stuff that they're are they doing stuff and they, not planning? Absolutely. Right. So I think a lot of the time they see marketing as a 
as are we we should be doing x y yeah. and z or they think very specific we should do facebook we should Absolutely. do some twitter we should do they speak they're thinking around the channel mm. a lot of the time before thinking about the audience um and often thinking about latest trends things they need to be on um without thinking about necessarily whether that's the right channel for their audience or without thinking about getting the message right in the first yeah. place um so there's that alongside necessarily having the right people um to help execute it so in a lot of cases with with smaller businesses and, and smes i think a lot of the time marketing gets left to somebody within the business who's um not necessarily a, a marketer by background mm. or a junior or the entrepreneurs doing it themselves well the entrepreneurs do it themselves or it's a or it's a junior um and it tends to be doing some marketing means doing a little bit of social media sending a couple of emails out here and there and um not really having a a goal or objective to what they're working for it's more about just sort of blast yeah. blasting stuff out and and trying to have a presence without thinking about a real commercial focus of exactly what they're doing um or alternatively they're they're handing it all over to a freelance or an agency necessarily that um that might not be as involved in the business as they should be to be able mm. to have that commercial focus um i've seen a lot of the times where you know, businesses at the end of the month are just getting a, a sort of a top level report. written report, which doesn't really mean anything. Mm. Um, it's full of jargon that they don't really understand. And no one's really getting any value out of that. You know, the agency isn't really being able to demonstrate what they're what they're doing properly yeah. to be able to justify the, the investment and the business isn't understanding what's what's actually being delivered. Um, which generally ends up in a in a bad relationship all around because there's ends up being mistrust. Well, they don't retain the customer, do they? They don't retain the customer, and it ends up being a um, yeah, quite a negative relationship altogether. Yeah. So you you work your marketing strategies around three pillars. Um, I yeah. think they're plan, produce, uh, or and polish. Um, yeah. What what are what are they? Can you talk us through so, a bit more about what that is for anyone that's going to be trying to do this so it's it's not rocket science and it's not um but it feels it like when it, you're an entrepreneur yeah you've you don't know this space and sure you're just everything's hard <laughs> sure so you know i, I try and make it as, as as uncomplicated as possible but i'm just trying to break it when i'm t- explaining it to people break it down into those into those three three mm. p's but it's all around proper planning um and that's really understanding what you want to achieve i mean what what's what what's the business plan over the next one two three years? What, and does that have to be sales driven? For example, does the outcomes have to be sales driven or not necessarily? It could be it could be around awareness. It could be around um, demonstrating particular expertise, building a market, um, or it could be around selling or promoting particularly profitable products. Um, but you really need to have that um, in place at the beginning to so understand what you're working towards. So it could be working, you know, very, very closely with, you know, the financial department of the business to understand what is the most profitable area of the business mm-hmm. and how you can make more of that through marketing and sell more of it, promote it to more customers, upsell it to more customers. Yeah. It could be around overall revenue growth. It could be around positioning in the market. But um, without going through that exercise of really understanding where you want to be um, from a commercial perspective, it's difficult to then be able to create a plan to help you achieve it. So that's often the first bit. And then understanding what does success look like and how you're going to measure that. Um, and then from that point of view, it's really understanding the audience that you want to um, that you want to communicate with, 
in in real detail. So who they are, what makes them tick, what challenges are they facing, how can your products and service help them, what real pains um, are they experiencing and how can you help solve that um, to be able to then develop the core messaging that's really going to be impactful to them as well as understanding where they are in the market and what channels you should be using and to, perhaps to help create new products them. too. Yeah, absolutely. It could be. Yeah, pivot. Exactly. Lovely. It could be a really big part of it. So that's the fundamental part of it. And that's kind of the approach that, that we take um, with customers when we start working with them. Um, and then there's the production part of, it, part of it. So once you've done that overall sort of understanding um, of the business and the market, it's about pr- producing a, 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 you know, a really focused marketing plan over over a year long period for example that's broken down in detail by month exactly what channels that we're going to be using what campaigns we're going to be running who's responsible for it when's it going to go out how are we going to measure success um what's the sign off process having a really really detailed plan which enables um action to actually be taken and managed so that you're not on a month-to-month basis reacting to to events and that you've got a coordinated plan, which is going to get you from A to B. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to hold everyone in the business to account for it. So whoever's whoever's managing it, they're going to likely need the resource and um, the influence of, of other key stakeholders in the business. And it needs to be able to um, make sure that everyone is, is accountable for that and make sure that stuff actually gets out the door to a high standard. Um, and most importantly, the polish aspect of it is that it's regularly reviewed. Um, it's not just a, a written report every now and again to see to see what's going on. That the key people in the business are involved on a monthly monthly basis. Um, they've got the right statistics and the right KPIs that they're that monitoring to see what is working and what isn't. Um, to make that plan adaptable as well, because no plan is um, going to be rigid for a whole twelve month period. Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, how. Exactly. So how can you adjust it if you do write that 12-month plan? Exactly. It needs to be um, agile. It needs to be um, flexible to be able to respond to business events because there's always going to be new opportunities and um, and changes in, in the business that need mm. to be responded to. Um, so a key part of that sort of polished process is about regular, regular feedback sessions, focusing on the right statistics, um, understanding opportunities and how we can react to them very, very quickly. Um, to maintain momentum Um, and one thing I always suggested to clients is about starting small and um, and growing as well so um, always sort of trying to keep an area of of marketing budget for um, for testing purposes to be able to try out new opportunities when when they when they arise to be able to be flexible to have that budget available to to capitalize on them Um, test the water and then if it's working being able to evolve it um, rather than trying to sort of suggest, you know, a full twelve month plan, we're going to chuck all our budget yeah. in, into this particular tactic. Oh no, it hasn't and, worked. <laughs> oh no, it hasn't worked exactly. We haven't got any money left. So that's why it's really important to you know, constantly be measuring it and, mm. and 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 being adaptable. Now you've mentioned a lot there about uh, statistics, measuring KPIs. Um, is there a good set that entrepreneurs can follow, SMEs can follow, how, or you know, what should they be measuring to identify success? I mean, there's there's vanity metrics, isn't there? Um, Absolutely. And then there's the ones that actually tell the real story about how your, your brand or product's doing. Yeah. Um, what I know is maybe, I'm not sure 
if that's something that you could maybe give us a yeah, bit sure. of Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of a lot of businesses fall into the trap of of those vanity metrics of measuring reach, for example, on, across social media, how many people have actually seen those posts. And, yeah, that's slightly relevant if you're, um, if you're looking to build brand mm. and generate exposure. But fundamentally, if you're a, if you're a small or a growing business, you want to be seeing actual revenue at the yeah. end of the day. So there is a place for those, but it's more... There's a place for them as part of the mix. But fundamentally, to, 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 to see success of the plan, you need to be looking at how you're measuring actual sales, actual yeah. leads and where that is generated from. Yeah. And having the, the sort of the technology and the, um, the reporting structure in place to be able to understand the funnel of where customers are coming from, from yeah. that overall exposure and just being made aware of your business to actually being engaged in it. Yeah. How are they How are they actually um, reacting to all your different channels and at what stage are they actually being converted into actual customers so that you can track back um, all the marketing activity right, right to the very beginning so we actually mm-hmm. really see return on investment for all those different channels. Um, and by making sure that you've got that, you can then really respond to to those to those channels and be able to say right that one isn't working quite as well as that we need to put more budget into that um and, and be able to make real commercial decisions and are there any particular ones you mentioned there about um knowing where leads have come from is that using the likes of the analytics tools that are available on google and facebook to measure that or absolutely so i mean it depends if you're if you're if you're a b2b business you're likely going to be or you should be using a crm system of some folk focus to be able to um, really track where those leads are coming from. So it's about mm. integrating the marketing that you're doing with those CRM systems so that you can see the, the original source um, or even the journey that customers have been on yeah. and to becoming a lead, an actual paying lead. It might be that they've been exposed to five, ten different channels and then they eventually signed up for a webinar and then they came to an event and then you met, they met a BDM and, and, and became a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless you have that sort of technology in place to be able to track that journey, then you're not going to be able to make really strong commercial decisions. All right, marketing. Yeah, as in what works. Yeah. Okay, so we've cracked um, what we should have in our plan. We've cracked sort of how we should measure that to make sure that we've got metrics to understand where those leads are coming from to work out what's worked. Um, But another area that um, I know you are quite passionate about and I wanted to talk to you about was incorporating recruitment into a marketing plan, which is quite a different um, spin on things. It's not necessarily the first (laughs) objective that comes to mind. Um, Why should businesses be thinking about that um, when recreating their strategy? What's your experience in there? I think so from an an overall growing, growing a successful business point of view, you know, it's vital that you've got the best talent to be able to do that. Unless you've got great, great talent within the business, you're going to struggle in every department, whether that be finance or or operational or marketing or whatever that might be. Um, so you've really got to work hard to stand out, to attract those people. Um, I spoke on this at a workshop a couple of weeks ago and I found a great example um, to sort of put it in, to sort of paint the picture really. So... I went on a typical um, job board and found a an advert for a top legal firm. I won't say who it was, but who were advertising a role for a really high-value lawyer within the business. Um, the advert was awful. It was just a simple list of, you know, bullets of, of what they require from the role. Nothing within that about, you know, 
conveying the value of working for that company or the culture or why it's great to work there mm-hmm. um, with career development all that sort of thing nothing so for that company trying to attract some, someone excellent into that business they're going to struggle so i went onto their website and on the website there is also nothing other than talking directly drab, drab and talking directly to to customers um so it's just madness really when customer when companies are spending so much money um, on trying to attract customers that they're not trying the best to, they're trying their hardest to attract the best talent either um to put that into perspective sorry um i found a i found a statistic statistic the other day that was um the average cost of employing someone on a salary of twenty seven thousand is twelve twelve grand that's ex- that's just the what do you um, mean by that explain that so you want to bring bring somebody into the business on a salary of, of twenty seven thousand pounds it co- the cost of the business over a period of months and the time and resource that goes into bringing that person in and upskilling them and onboarding them in the business mm-hmm. is, is is approximately twelve thousand pounds, and that doesn't even take into account the the it's ab- almost half their salary. Yeah, it doesn't even take into account the advertising or potentially recruitment fees on top of that. From the minute they apply from mm. the job to the minute exactly. that they're actually exactly running so, on their own wheels in the, in yeah. the company it's 12,000 pounds so if you're paying uh, you know a percentage fee to a recruiter perhaps or to um advertise on a job board yeah. for example but to get that included. person in so yeah you're probably looking at you know half yeah even more than that yeah so with with, with numbers like that it's kind of like it's, it's a no-brainer as to why you wouldn't try and attract people directly to your business yeah um so I think that's a real competitive advantage for business to be able to devote some budget of their marketing spend to be able to um, devote content and and campaigns to be able to attract people. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be that um, that costly or complicated. It's all about creating a really great shop window for the business. It's, it's about that authenticity, isn't it? You know, Absolutely. If you've got, like say for example, your marketing budget, you spend all of it on attracting customers and you've got all this amazing content videos mm. you know podcasts audio billboards and then the recruitment side of it is this drab you know it it, it seems incongruous doesn't it that you've got exactly. two different sides to the business so i've been really lucky in the last few years to work um directly with a recruiter um who are um really sort of set themselves apart in the, the level of service that they offer um and they they work really hard to help companies develop their employer brand and their value proposition and help businesses you know, really set themselves apart rather than just being a you know traditional headhunter and you know that's that's kind of played a big part in sort of developing this area of 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 how we help businesses but um but yeah i think uh, i think it's really important that that that's a key part of 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 the, of the strategy because if you want to grow you need to have the right people yeah, I think, you know, I couldn't tell you how many times to see on Facebook and different kind of groups where they're like, oh, I'm looking for a software developer, I'm looking for a solutions architect, I'm looking mm. for a data analyst. And it's like, so what? So is everybody else. Exactly. You know, it's a horrendously uh, competitive market. Exactly. And, you, and when you're talking about tech in particular, mm. it's, it's a ridiculously competitive market. And especially in, in Manchester, um, you know, there's a, a shortage of talent and an abundance of of employers Demand, and it's yeah. even it's going to get even worse with uh, yeah. you know big companies like Amazon coming so it's um and it has to be more than just the money 
Obviously, yeah. salaries are going up as a result of that. But uh, like money isn't the only driver. Absolutely. It's important, but it's not the only one. Exactly. And I think, um, you know, people can command a premium and they need to be able to see something that's impactful to them outside of purely salary. And I think with, with, most, with most roles, but particularly in tech, I think people want to see that they're going to have going to be making you know a real impact in whatever yeah. they're doing and and delivering something that's really cool or something that's yeah. going to look amazing on their cv or something that they can be really proud of yeah um so without communicating that, the, the great stuff that your team is doing um and what they can be involved in um you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit yeah yeah and it talks it goes back to that strategy and plan doesn't it and yeah. thinking about every aspect yeah um so if uh, businesses are looking to do that and they're looking to create that kind of content and um, how, like how do you do it? Who does it? Who does it well? Yeah. Like, Can you give us some good examples and maybe some more horror sure. stories? We love a good, good horror story in this um, <laughs> in these podcasts. What's right. the worst thing you've ever seen? I'll start off Other than the, the bullet stuff. points. Give me time to think about some negative ones. But um, uh, from from an excellent point of view, I mean, you can look at Google, and that might be you know quite an unattainable thing for um, for some businesses. You know, not everyone's got a multi million pound, multi billion pound business, no. and a budget of Google that they can they can throw at it. But um, what Google do isn't isn't rocket science and isn't overcomplicated. Yes, they're really prolific in what they put out, but um, everything they do is is quite simple for any that any business can that can capitalize on. So blogs. Uh, videos, webinars, all things that we are quite accessible these yeah. days. Anybody can write a blog. And exactly, yeah. So they they've got their own dedicated website purely for um, for careers, life at Google, and a whole host of social media channels which they use to pump out content. But all the content that they're pumping out um, is stuff that anyone can do. So they're talking about life at Google. They're talking about success stories. They've got case studies of people who have really sort of thrived within the business. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about the recruitment process and ha- what it what it actually takes to work at Google and yeah. talking through each individual step, which is another really um, useful tool. Which is um, actually really good for inclusion, I think. Um, definitely. You know, particularly for women to know what to expect to try and encourage them to uh, apply. Definitely. Um, but they've got content that's aimed at candidates at every sort of stage of of that funnel, so to speak, as well. So um, trying to attract people to actually understand what it's like to work at Google by sharing loads and loads of great tools and resources to help people learn how to use all of the various um, technologies that, that they provide right through to um, engaging them with, with with great content on, on, like I say, what it's like to work at Google and what the amazing campus is and the work-life balance and all that sort of thing. Do they treat it like a marketing funnel? I think so, definitely, because um, they, you know, they're, they're capturing that attention and they're engaging people, and then they've got the lead generating tools at the end of it. So mm. events, webinars, downloads, all different ways to capture candidate information to then be able to then continue to market them to yeah. to, to, to attract them. Um, so it, so at each stage of that journey, they've they've developed content for that. They've got an amazing YouTube channel that's full of full of content that's based around all those sort of core themes um and all of that stuff like i say is stuff that's really accessible um no matter what the size of the business is really it just requires a bit of time and thought about what you're going to produce why you're producing it and 
um, how it can help those people that you're trying to attract. Um, it sounds like there's something that everybody can do to try and differentiate themselves yeah, in some way. Definitely. And from a different end of the scale, um, there's, an, there's a, a great business in Manchester, agency business called Space 48, and they created a, um event called Major Titans. Um, they're a Magento development agency. And, um, yeah, I suppose one of the key key areas I think that they were looking to develop was positioning themselves as a thought leader for customers. So by pro- pro- um, creating this event that's purely aimed at Magento developers and bringing in great speakers and speaking on the topic themselves, they're positioning themselves as an expert in that field. So it's great from a uh, generating customer's point of view. But also they, you know, they're creating an event where they're attracting great Magento developer specialists mm-hmm. um, and open up a pool of talent that they can they can access. And that event has, has grown to... Um, other locations across the world now as well um so obviously it's exposing the brand um but it's like i say it's opening up that that network of talent that they can then utilize within the business yeah um and that's the sort of thing that businesses can do on a very small scale quite easily whether that be sort of hosting workshops or events for um particular specialists in in their focusing on the niche focusing on a niche and giving back a bit as well Mm. um you know by being able to bring people into the business and offer knowledge and expertise you're also getting to meet a whole host of potential candidates um and also giving back to that community as well yeah so they can be done in different ways Mm. um i think that's a great um first top tip um i think because we always like to leave our listeners with um some takeaways that they can go and implement um for their businesses you know today if they if they if they take the if they take the inspiration Mm -hmm. Um, but what are the key things that you think that uh, any business would need to remember when creating that marketing strategy? What would be your top tips? Um, I think it's cliche, but um, start with the customer. Um, so stop thinking about the latest trend or the latest channels that you think you need to be on. Focus really um, strongly on the customer and what is the message that you want to convey to them that's going to be really impactful and where they are as a starting point to then build your strategy around that. Um, find out what makes them tick. How can you really help with those challenges and how can you create amazing content that's going to position you as the leader and, and the expert in that in that area. And you should be the expert in whatever it is that you do. That's why you've got a business in it. Yeah, exactly, I mean? yeah. And unless you're communicating that to people, no one's going to know and then mm. they're going to, when they're comparing you against all the other different competitors out there, what what's going to be the difference? Price. Mm. So you really need to, if you're going to be positioning yourself um, from a price point of view as a premium service, for example, you need to be have a have have the content that's going to back up that claim. Yeah. So, and you can make that topical, can't you? Because mm. um, you can respond to different things that are going on in the news and write blogs and get them out there, which mm. can get picked up. Also, from a Absolutely. PR point of view. Yeah. You know, it gets picked up. We, I had written an article recently about um, helping investment companies become more inclusive and to attract more female-founded applications because right. only 5% of the pitch decks they get at the minute are from female-founded companies. Right, wow. Which is why only one P in the pound goes to female-founded companies to not get in the applications. But there are lots of female-founded companies out there, so it was a how do we change that? And so it was yeah. some response to that, and it was around about the time that they invest in... Uh, invest in women um, code has been launched by all the sort of major banks so yeah. it's been picked up by a number of different uh, news publications because it's topical Amazing. it's on the point 
and all that took was um, Tim and the copy team uh, rewriting a bit better what I had written. (laughs) 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 I write 50 words when five will do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's it, exactly right. So I think that goes back to the point we were making about being being adaptable and agile as well. So, yeah, you're probably going to have a content plan that will probably last a year, but you need to be, be able to be responsive to events as yeah. well like that and being able to capitalise on it in the way that, that you guys have. Yeah, and if Absolutely. there's anything in cyber or anything like that, there's a news story every day about somebody being hacked or somebody being fined some kind of million, multi-million pound from the ICO. Yeah. Hello, British Airways and the Marriott. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what else? What else? Could um, I think the final thing is having a structure, having proper structure around it. So creating a plan that, um, that enables you to really maintain momentum by making sure that you know what's happening on a day-by-day basis, what's going out, what channels, who's managing it, who's responsible for it, and when you're going to review it. Um, so that you're not ended up at the end of the month going, oh, we haven't done anything this month, this you know, chuck an ad in this paper or something like that, you know, because um, that's what I see a lot, you know, without having that that, that solid sort of thought yeah. process behind it. We need leads, it. we need leads. Let's just throw some money at it. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah, without much thought behind it. Um, so creating that structure to hold yourself accountable against, um, I think is really important. And yes, it's a, it's a lot of work at the starting point and it's a bit administrative and a bit laborious, but unless you unless you've got that you haven't really got that sort of roadmap to get you to where you want to be and you end up making bad decisions well that's we're here to make sure that people aren't making bad decisions and um for the listeners to get a better night's sleep and i hope that um mike's advice will help you get a bit more clarity around the marketing plans that you need to to write the processes that you need to put in place to make sure that you have uh, a successful lead and sales strategy at the end of the uh, at the end of the day. Uh, Mike, thanks very much for your time. Thanks um, so much for having me. We uh, hope that's answered your marketing plan questions. You'll find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please leave your comments and any additional questions there. Or of course, you'll find uh, Mike uh, Pye uh, on LinkedIn, and you can pop those questions across to him, and he'd be happy to answer them to you. And uh, for now, we hope that gives you a better night's sleep. Thank you. Thanks. Present like the fear from